0: everyone and welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. I'm Dave Bookbinder, I'm a senior director at CFGI where I help my clients with their most important finance and accounting methods, matters. Excuse me, I can speak for a living. You can see I haven't done this for a while. This is the <laughs> first time back after self-quarantine, so apologies for that. Uh, today, we're going to have a great conversation around business continuity and leadership in the new normal with my guest, Sudhir Condicetti, who is the managing partner at RSM's Philadelphia office. Sudhir, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Thank you, Dave. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah,
0: before we dive in, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and about
1: RSM? Sure. So again, Sudhir Condesetti, I'm a owner at RSM. RSM is a professional services firm, traditional tax audit consulting services. Uh, we are the largest firm in the country focused on the middle market. Um, so my, I myself, I'm a consulting principal. I focus in risk consulting, specifically technology risk. Um, so I lead the risk practice for Philadelphia. I lead IT risk nationally. Um, as you as you said, I'm also the office managing partner of the Philadelphia office. And lastly, I'm currently serving on the RSM Board of Directors. Uh, that's an elected position, four-year term, just like the president. Uh, and I'm in the second year of my four-year term. Great. Thanks for that. A lot of hats that you wear. A lot of hats, yes. So I
0: want to start with risk management. You you were going to be my guest right before we went into self-quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority of the topics we were going to discuss then are, are germane to this conversation today. Now we have a little bit of hindsight uh, yep. that may be able to apply here. But I want to talk about your background. So it's risk management, and we're going to be talking business continuity. But maybe just to set the frame, help the audience understand the difference between business continuity and a traditional disaster recovery.
1: Right. That's a great question. So disaster recovery generally uh, focuses on the systems, right? How do we bring our systems back? How do we bring our locations back, right? So if you think about it, if you were a... Uh, a major department store. How do you bring the, the retail applications back so that you can you know, take payments, credit card payments, that sort of thing? So it's really focusing on the back-end databases, the computers, the user applications, et cetera, right? Um, but it's, it doesn't necessarily focus on the business processes, right? And the activities uh, that you would need to do to operate a business. So uh, a great example, one of our, our clients is a broadcasting company similar to this, right? And uh, wh- how do you deliver the news, the nightly news in an uh, in event of a disaster? So it's not enough that your applications are working and your data center has cut over, um, but where are you actually going to do the news? Yeah. How are you going to get the people, the 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 broadcasters to the station or the temporary station? Do you have all the equipment? Do you have connectivity to, um, the to the networks? Do you can you get your reporters out in the field? So there's a lot of other things to take into account um, in a business continuity uh, situation. We actually had this discussion uh, last week at our our board meeting. Um, What happens if we don't have a quorum for the board? How do we make decisions? How can we vote? Um, if we don't have access, if we, um, if people are ill right, in, in the pandemic. So there's a lot of other elements uh, that to take into account with business continuity. So
0: no one could have necessarily have foreseen what ultimately transpired in the way COVID-19 has impacted the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but could business owners have anticipated being able to handle the continuity that would have been required in these kinds of circumstances?
1: You know, it's it, it's funny you say that because as part of the audits that we do, internal audits, uh, one of the aspects we look at when we review a business continuity plan is pandemic planning. And uh, it is something that uh, it's, uh, is often overlooked. And maybe they have a cursory few paragraphs in their business continuity plan about pandemic. And um, it's oftentimes a finding we cite that your pandemic plan has to be more thoroughly adapted. Uh, how are you going to deal with a remote workforce? How are you gonna deal with a workforce that's you know, ill? Uh, could be worse, right? Half the workforce could be ill. And uh, we often get pushback from management on that. Um, I don't foresee us getting pushed back on this going <laughs> forward, uh, because they think, well, that, that's such a out of the you know realm possibility of a of a nationwide, let alone a global pandemic that would affect our workforce. We could easily adapt to that, and um, you know it is something that companies have to look into. Uh, we have seen many companies struggle with remote workforce. Their infrastructure is not built for it. They're not able to suddenly go from 20% of the people working from home to 100%. Yeah. Right? Can their uh, technology keep up? How do they manage people's laptops breaking? Um, how do they know that um, users at home have sufficient bandwidth uh, to be able to do conference calling, right? So there's a, a lot to take into account with pandemic planning um, and, uh, and even like I said, board meetings, virtual board meetings, virtual executive meetings, you know, things like that. Are you able to do that? So um, um, simply paying the bills, yeah. processing payments. You know, we have fee- some people sending us checks so we have quickly converted them all and begged our clients, don't send us checks. Please do wait, wire transfers, HCH transfers. Um, invoicing, you know, we had some invoices go up by mail. That's pretty much done now. Like everything's gone out, you know, via email. So, um, you know, those certain certain things you need to have in place beforehand. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a checklist and it's Mm -hmm. an extensive
0: one and there'll be more things that we'll be adding to that checklist, no doubt, as this thing continues to unfold. But let's talk just a little bit more about managing the remote workforce. Mm -hmm. So as a part of a national practice like RSM, to some degree, you're working with remote employees anyway. And there's a challenge working with people in different cities where you're not necessarily seeing them and interacting. But what's been your finding so far, either internally or with your clients, about this remote workforce? And and how do you keep people engaged? and, And how are leaders responding now in this new normal?
1: Yeah, that, so one thing we've, that we we've benefit from is we generally have people out in the field all the time, right? So whether they're working from home or working at a client site, they're out and about. Mm-hmm. So our technology has held up remarkably well, right? So the teleconferencing, our email, access to resources on, on our networks, um, have all, that's all held up very well. Um, Where we've had um, some struggles, uh, certain lines of business, tax. The tax people are used to coming into the office, right? They're not, while they do visit client sites, tax prep uh, preparers are used to coming in. They have multiple screens, as you imagine. They're dealing with client information and the different tax forms. Um, So rebuilding that infrastructure in their home has been a challenge, right? Having three monitors. They don't have two, they have three monitors. Uh, So that's been a challenge. Um, Connectivity to employees. So while they're remote, they're not by themselves, right? They're generally working in teams. And there is an element of just camaraderie and going out to lunch with each other and c- connecting with each other has is, is been a challenge. Right, um, Working parents of young children, very challenging. Um, being able to get a full workday in while your six-year-old is bugging you for a snack and you have to h- help your eight-year-old with their homework. Right. Yeah. That's been very difficult. Um, I'm lucky. My children are older. They're independent. Right. They're they're teenagers. We they go do their own homework. They make their own lunch. They're fine. Um, but for those parents, it's it's been a challenge, and and helping them and providing them with you know additional assistance to, to get through this, and and relaxing some deadlines. Frankly, knowing that they're not able to get their work done as quickly, uh, and then lastly. Um, you know the the single people who are maybe mid, you know, early not quite the early stages of their career, but maybe there's they're in their twenties and thirties. They're single. They're living on their own, and suddenly they have very little interaction with people live, yeah. and the emotional impact it's having on them, and and uh, you know trying to make sure we have touch points with them. Uh, so they still feel motivated to, to work, frankly, um, because a lot of times it feels to them, it's just work all day, then I make my dinner, and then I watch TV, right? Um, so trying to connect with them and making sure they still mo- motivated, that's, that's been a challenge. And then, lastly, you know, connectivity with our clients. You know, there is a, and prospects. There is an. I mean, you and I met through a networking event, right? right? So, you know, being able to go out and network and and meet your clients, understand what they're doing, that that takes additional effort right now. Uh, we're doing virtual lunches where you can just schedule, hey, let's have a lunch. Like You bring your lunch, I'll bring my lunch, and we'll just sit here and have a lunch. We've actually had some partners order lunches and send them to their clients. That's nice. And so that it's almost like buying them lunch, right? Yeah. And uh, you sit and you, you have lunch together with your cameras on and just talking about the challenges they're facing. So.
0: so dear, for the folks watching and listening, if they want to get in contact with you to learn more about you or the firm, how you can work together, what's the best way they can reach you.
1: Well, you can call my number at 215-607-3676. That's uh, that's my phone number. And my email address is my name, which is on the screen. It's hard to spell it, but it's sudir.condesetti at rsmus.com. Great. Thanks for sharing that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure that before we end this segment that we kind of put a bow on this topic here just a little bit. And in terms of the process of putting together this continuity plan, and maybe even more importantly, how do you test it so that you're prepared in the event of yeah. this kind of a disaster?
1: Testing is is hard, right? And first, you have to make sure the, the plan is customized to your organization, right? Obviously, a retailer is different from a healthcare organization is different from a bank, right? So make sure the plan is customized. Uh, Testing can be as simple as a tabletop exercise, I would start with that, just making sure you have call trees, you're working through the the plan to make sure all the steps are there, everyone clearly knows what they do. Um, And then you can uh, simulate it, pick a day, maybe it's a holiday or maybe it's a, a day where you know you're slower and execute the plan. Um, you know, the, I've had clients go so far as unplug their data center from the internet, right, to make, see what would happen, yeah. right? Um, so you, you, can, you can test it in stages, but it is important to test it and, and get as close to live as possible um, within reason, of course, yeah. um, to, because that's really where you start seeing issues, right? That they'll they'll bubble up and say, oh, we need to adjust this. Oh, we need to have a different service level agreement with our data center provider. Um, you know, this application isn't accessible. Maybe we should move it to the cloud. You know, these sort of things will bubble yeah. up. And are all employees in the organization involved in that rollout? Um, I would say in, in kind of the final tests, uh, you'll have maybe not all of them, but a good portion of them. So for example, if you were a retailer in your business continuity plan, I don't think you necessarily need, when you test it, test all your stores but pick a couple yeah. right, Yeah. and get those employees involved, right? So you have a sampling of your employees, not necessarily all of them.
0: Yeah, my experience in talking with clients and prospects during the beginning of quarantine was, I, I think now looking back on it, that in the early stages, they felt that more or less it was going to be a short-term thing that maybe, oh, we'll work mm-hmm. from home for two weeks and then we'll be back to business as usual. And yep. they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal just a little bit mm-hmm. and got, dare I say, comfortable in waiting it out. Yeah. Um, that's a whole different story now of course yep
1: no we've had the same uh, internally we have 85 offices across the country our assumption was that some of the offices would be back people would be back by now uh, working especially in in smaller cities and in midwestern cities you know we assume New York that would be opening later Um, but uh, with the second wave coming we've realized okay maybe we should you know, pause on that and see how things play out before uh, allowing people back.
0: Yeah, I want to commend you on something. You alluded to um, the idea about
1: relaxing some deadlines for people,
0: understanding that the circumstances are, are different. It's not business as usual. And I, I just want to call you out on that and, and congratulate you on that because I think it's important for everyone in a leadership role to recognize that right now mm-hmm. there is no normal and that everybody is dealing with different things as yep. you articulated. So uh, the more empathy you can share with people now, the better off it's going to be.
1: Yeah, and in, in, in consulting, it's easy, right? In certain things like tax, the tax deadline got extended by too much, but it's still a deadline, yep. so it, you have to do it yep. within reason. We're going to pause
0: on that and take a quick commercial break. You don't go anywhere, and you watching and listening, you stay put. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. Thank you. There you go, Richard. Oh! Is that
1: too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Woo. Ooh, we're playing catch now. Oh, shit! What do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe a musician? A veterinarian? Maybe an equestrian? A mommy? Well, why not be all these things and more? Consider joining me, Dr. V, with friends and colleagues as we explore a wide range of topics together. V is for Variety, here on RVN TV. Number seven. Number eight. Nine regular. Oh, wait, wait, uh, thirteen. Giant. The usual? Of course. Number one Jersey Mike's, a sub above.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about business continuity and leadership in the new normal with Sadir Condesetti, who's a managing partner in the Philadelphia office at RSM. Uh, great conversation in the first segment about business continuity, Sudhir. I want to shift it a little bit now and talk about the, the leadership component, as I alluded to. So you mentioned you're a board member for the firm, and you've got roughly about 11,000 employees. Mm-hmm. And in we'll call them normal times, that, that's gotta be a daunting task to begin with. What's changed for you as someone who's responsible for 11,000 employees since we've been in this COVID-19 experience?
1: You know, what, what's funny is, you know, as I said, as I'm in my second year as a board member, and after the first year, where you, you learn a lot, right, people would ask me, how does it feel to be a board member? I said, "Oh, it's easy. You know, the firm's doing well. Everything's going great. There aren't any issues." And I said, "It's probably going to get a lot harder if there are challenges out there, but right now there aren't many challenges with the firm." Um, and I probably spoke a little too quickly because we got hit with the virus and economic slowdown and then, you know, unrest in the streets, as you yeah. can see. So, um, so I think, you know, one of the things you you learn is in this position is life is not static, right? Life is dynamic, and you there are only s- some things that you can foresee and plan for, right? Um, I don't think anybody planned for all three of these things to hit. Oh yeah. I think we were thinking, well, we're maybe overdue for a recession, and uh, let's plan for that. Uh, nothing this severe. Um, you know, we have an economist on staff, and we read his research, and he provides information. So we, we, we felt we were well suited for that. Um, but the, you know, the last few months, everything has you know, been thrown into a tizzy. And I, I give both our leadership uh, credit, our executive leadership, and, and the rest of the board as well, that we have been very flexible. And I think that is the key. Is is being flexible, understanding. Okay, here were our plans, but we're going to put them aside and reshift, right? And I would say, even apart from the virus, the where I'm really impressed is with our um, reaction to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and understand and realizing that there was a need. Um, and a request for our employees to address these matters. And the firm has quickly moved to have a town hall where the CEO and other leaders uh, spoke to this. We have long had a diversity initiative within the firm. Uh, it's been around for years. It's been a very uh, big part of the firm. Um, and I, I think it, it's really our leadership's um, foresight to to understand that this you know diversity is an important part of an or- organization um, for their success. And that you know foresight, years ago is helping us now. right? We have a very strong African-American employee network group. Um, and they have you know, taken a, a large role in uh, helping management understand what to do here and giving them a forum to discuss with the employees um, what we can change. And, and I myself, uh, yesterday was RSM's day of understanding. And um, we set aside time where groups could get together and talk about how they're feeling, um, and and talk about the challenges they face as minorities, as women, as uh, you know LGBTQ folks, um, and 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 to me the most impactful thing was hearing senior members of the of the firm say. I thought I understood these challenges. And I now realize that maybe I don't. Right? And admitting that, we actually had people a forum where people, people could post videos. And um, that was, I'd say, the overriding theme I've seen from leadership is we need to do better. Personally, we need to understand better. We need to be more of a, uh, better allies. Um, and we're going to take the time to do that. So I, I think um, this is a long-winded answer to your question, but I think to me that's leadership, yeah. right? Is understanding circumstances change, reacting to what people uh, need, not over-promising because you know we're not afraid to say we don't have all the answers.
0: Right? That's key. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're trying to figure it out, and help us figure it out. Yeah,
0: and I got to commend you again on that because that kind of transparency and vulnerability and just open thinking uh, creates trust and loyalty. And Mm -hmm. and I want to dovetail that into a talk about talent because everybody likes to talk about the war for talent. It's about attracting talent. Mm -hmm. And my personal view is right now, I think the big challenge is retaining talent. Mm -hmm. A lot of firms obviously have taken to cost-cutting measures. Some of them have been draconian and and people are are out of work Um, and, you know, good people wind up on the streets. So what, you 've alluded to it, but specifically, are you doing other things to keep your your current employees not just engaged but feeling part of this community so that you 're continuing to build that loyalty and trust so when we emerge from this that you 'll be a stronger organization on the back end for it
1: yeah um, we have we you know especially during what is traditionally busy season, um, we would always because people are working longer hours we had um, always brought in meals for them, right? Or had them expense meals, whether at client mm-hmm. sites, because that that's normal, what you do during, because you're not, oftentimes you're eating dinner um, and then still working, so we had that. And now suddenly people are at home, but you still have the deadlines. So we offered people the opportunity to expense meals during the week. And if, you, if not meals, groceries, right? And uh, so you had an option to do that and get reimbursed and have meals, you know, food delivered or takeout, whatever, uh, pickup. Uh, but also, if you didn't, you could donate your money to food uh, pantries. So, and that was automatic. So you had a choice of either expensing it or donating it. Um, and to donate it, you just didn't, ha- you just did nothing. And it would automatically be donated. Um, so I thought, You know, it's something, those are sort of, that's just one example, but these are unique things that you can do. That's creative, it's out of the box thinking. Yeah, Yeah. and um, we also uh, increased our benefit for uh, childcare for people, because again, the challenges with people working uh, with younger folks now, it was challenging in the beginning when everything was closed and babysitters were not available, but as things have opened up a bit, people have been able to take advantages of that. you know we we made a commitment um, to we really retain as many people as possible right and um, we're very transparent with our financials and how we're doing um, and it's all hands on deck right partners are making sacrifices on behalf of the firm um, but we're you know we're explaining to people we're going to um continue with what we can do financially to keep you whole. And I think being as transparent as possible in an environment that is shifting every day is really important yeah. um, so people understand. Uh, we have interns coming in com- come in the summer, we have new hires coming in, and we are committing to all of them. their jobs are safe. Now if you if you are a you know, recent college grad, and you're counting on this job to move into the world, and suddenly it's up in the air, um, we felt it was important to, to tell them that, don't worry, your job is safe. You know, That's we're, we're going to stay committed to you. Um, and uh, we've been able to do that. That's great. Sudhir, uh, tell
0: everyone who's watching and listening how they can contact you if they want to learn more about you or the firm.
1: Sure. So my phone number that you can reach me at is 215-607-3676. And then by email, you can reach me at sudhir.condesetti at rsmus.com.
0: Great. I think we have about three minutes to go in the mm-hmm. program. Time always flies here. Sure. And I want to just kind of conclude the, the conversation with maybe some of your advice for the middle market companies that you serve day to day. Challenges and opportunities as you look down the road in your crystal ball.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, that don't overlook the war on talent that you mentioned earlier is uh, we find that there are still opportunities for high performers out there. And even if things are slower now, you have to keep your focus on employees because what you do now, they will remember. And when things pick up and um, opportunities open up, they're gonna reflect on how they were treated and uh, the compassion they were shown. And um, it's gonna go a long way. Because that war in town isn't going to go anywhere. It, um, it may it's just a lull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, it's funny. I'm smiling because not only does that
0: resonate, but I actually think I wrote words very similar to that in an yeah. article that I published at the beginning of the pandemic. So that that really touches home here.
1: The other area to focus on is technology, right? And. Um, you know, we have seen that the busiest group in our in our firm that has not slowed down is our technology consulting practice helping companies move things to the cloud. It could be standard uh, office applications like webmail, your intranet, uh, things like that, or it could be your ERP system. You know, I think you're going to see that continue to happen. Um, and you need to do it in a smart way. There's a lot of uh, technology groups out there make, and, and software vendors who make promises, right? And really understanding there's you know, different versions of the cloud, different versions of support, different service level agreements out there. You really wanna make sure you're, uh, you're making the right choices. And while this has accelerated it, um, when this all comes down, uh, you want to rethink what you did because the decisions you make in haste and rush in an emergency, you want to reflect on that and see, okay, is this the best vendor or situation we want going forward?
0: Good advice. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with the audience. Very much appreciated, it. So Thank
1: you, Dave. I uh, love the opportunity to speak here and uh, had a lot of fun. And uh, no, good luck to
0: everyone out there. Hopefully, we'll have you back again sometime in the near future. We've been talking today with Sudhir Condesetti, who's the managing partner of uh, Philadelphia Office at RSM, and very interesting insights here today on business continuity and leadership in the new normal. My name is Dave Bookbinder. If you've enjoyed the program, please hit the subscribe button or whatever you're watching or listening so that you stay up to date on all that we're doing here at Behind the Numbers. Until then, take care, everybody. Stay well.